0: Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Lomack, joined by a special guest this week, National Recruiting Director Adam Gorney. Adam, how are you doing today? Great. All right, we're going to talk a couple recruiting topics and then uh, a blast from the past. Rob Cassidy comes on to talk with me uh, about uh, some funny things and catch up on, on how everything's been since we haven't been doing the show for a while. So, Adam, let's jump into our topics here. Florida State they lose to Notre Dame, but in terms of the recruiting trail, it seems like they won. The celebration has been on all week. Give give us an idea of what you're hearing from recruits and why they're so happy about the Seminoles losing.
1: Yeah, the great thing that that Mike Norvell had coming into this job is that things were so bad that any sort of progress was going to be seen and taken um, as, as a lot of progress. And so... What he's also done really well over the last year or so that, you know, year and plus year and change that he's had the job is that he's really made Florida state feel like a big time atmosphere. Again, he has recruits on campus all summer long and it's not just three stars and, uh, and guys that can't go anywhere else. He's, he has elite players, Jaleel Skinner's there, you know, basically lived there in the summer. Travis Hunter de- lived there in the summer. So um, you know, I think when they see, you know, they take Notre Dame to the wire, they take them to overtime. And what, what really seemed to impress them the most is when they went down big in the second half there, they battled back. Um, and that wasn't Florida State the last few years. They would fold, they'd give up, they would move on to the next week and try to impress people and not tackle well and make a lot of mistakes and then make excuses and move on to the next week. So what I think a lot of the recruits loved was – the the stadium was packed, which obviously helps recruiting. They were they were loud, a lot of uh, you know you know fight from the Seminoles late in the game there, and and a lot of opportunities. You know they're going to play the best players. Norvell has to win there. Um, I don't think he has a short leash at all, and things are going well. But to turn that program around, they have to show progress. They absolutely showed that Sunday um, when they when they lost to Notre Dame in overtime. And a lot of kids came out of that feeling like Florida State's on the right track. They need just a few more pieces. The 2022 class is absolutely loaded, and I want to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, what people don't seem to realize, especially opposing fan bases, is like it doesn't matter. In recruiting, Like the actual win-loss results don't matter that much when the school has momentum. And that was one of the things to be concerned about with Norvell early and maybe some of the coaches at other schools is like, you're not getting that bump. Now he's got it. And the fact that Travis Hunter, I don't want to say fell into their lap because they recruited him and they got him to commit. They've done a great job, but I mean, he just loves Florida state. Yeah. So <laughs> you have the number one player in the country who I think was a four star when they took his commitment. Um, and once, once we saw him, we were like, we got to move him up. And he's yeah. been a five star for a while. But once you have him kind of leading the way and like he has – what he does year-round has the ultimate respect of the other recruits. So when he calls, they they listen to him. When he's talking to players, they're listening to him and that's what's helping them get people on campus. I do think that like this has to continue though. You know what I mean? The state, they have to make a bowl game. They have to win the games they're supposed to win. They're obviously going to lose some more games. But, you know, they go out and take care of Jacksonville State – 42 to seven, that's only builds on that from there. So um, I think we're going to see him get some, some more big names. I don't know if they end up getting Skinner. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about that, but like, it's just a perception is reality situation, especially among these kids. And you saw the comments. Everybody's, everybody's super stoked, especially. I mean, they're, they're thrilled.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Hunter's doing a great job recruiting guys, but but like you said, A.J. Duffy was in the ear of Kevin Coleman all weekend, five-star wide receiver. He's working on Skinner, although I think Skinner's kind of slipping through their hands a little bit. I think Miami is is looking pretty strong there, although some other schools, and, and Skinner's an unpredictable kid that has changed his mind a lot, so I think they could get back involved there. Um, you know, the good thing is that the that the schedule kind of sets up well for them at least until mid-October I don't think this is going to be a run to the ACC championship kind of year but um, I don't think that's what they need I think they just need to show progress on the field continue that recruiting momentum now if they slip and lose to Wake Forest you know maybe all bets are off but as as you know Woody in recruiting too it's like All right, I know the school that I want to go to. I see the progress and the momentum going on. I don't, I don't really care if they're losing games now because that means I could get on the field even sooner. So, um, you know, I talked to a lot of kids at Wisconsin. They lost at home to Penn State. They absolutely loved their weekend in Madison. I think sometimes fans think that a loss means that kids are going to lose interest in their program, and a lot of times it's just the opposite because they see an opportunity. They love the school. They love the coaching staff. They love the the way things are going. And they see an opportunity to get on the field. So I don't think wins and losses is all that really important right now for Florida State. Yeah,
0: these kids are supremely confident. So as long as they see a glimmer of hope, they're like, man, once we get there, we're going to go undefeated next year. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, you're, two of you are going to play. You know what I mean? I'm like, but that doesn't matter to them. That's how they feel. People people forget that. Like, You forget uh, you think you're invincible, especially uh, – when you're a, when you're an elite athlete, so yeah. all right, interesting story. I want to get your take on uh, Gavin Limset, four-star quarterback, been committed to Rutgers forever. He decides he starts playing his senior year, plays two or three games, and says, "All right, I'm going to go to college now, <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to be immediately eligible." What what happened here? Is this a, obviously this seems to be a trend we saw Quinn Ewers do this, but I, leaving a being a quarterback essentially in my opinion, quitting on your team three games into the year, we're talking about a team that was in the state championship last year. I'm curious that the school encouraged this. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting situation and I hope it doesn't become a trend that guys are just leaving in the middle of their high school seasons uh, to go. I had read some things and I didn't talk to Gavin about this situation, but I had read some things that, The pressure in Kentucky for him to flip to Kentucky and the disappointment that he didn't pick Kentucky and is going to Rutgers was becoming so overwhelming and not fun to be in that situation and that setting that he said, you know, pick your word. I'm out of (laughs) here. So um, I, I think that's more of the situation where Ewers really left, you know, right before the season, which is also kind of, you know, not a great situation. Um, they had a very talented backup to help them. But Ewers left really for NIL money, which I'm not going to blame the kid for for doing that. But um, he wasn't stepping into a situation where he was going to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State. He wasn't stepping into a, a situation, I don't think, down there, where people were really harassing him about backing off Texas and going to Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State has recruited Texas for years Probably better than Texas in a lot of ways, but Wimsat's situation is very unique because he had played games. Um, you know, I think he sees a situation where maybe that quarterback room is a little bit open. Uh, I think Temple would, would, you know, Temple's terrible defense helped them in that first game, um, where he probably won't become the immediate starter. But more than anything, I think it was let's get out of here, and I don't need to hear it about Kentucky anymore. Still. That could happen in other places around the country, not only at quarterback, but a lot of positions, guys are going out of state. And if that becomes a trend to just say, you know what? I don't need to hear this. I'm going to college right now. That could be uh, a little bit of an issue.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't begrudge the case, especially, you know, the, the reason the high school associations have these rules was so the kids could be eligible in college. So now that there are no rules in college, these high school associations, which are notoriously slow to evolve, adapt, whatever, you got to change your rules. I mean, Quinn Ewers should be playing on his high school team right now and be making money. Just like when I was in high school, I worked at Safeway. You know what I mean? Like you can go do whatever you want. If you're a, you know, if you're an actor or musician, whatever, you can make money when you're in high school and you can still play sports. So uh, I, or you could still be in the school band or whatever. So I think they got to fix Fix that rule. I just don't. To know, my me,
1: I... uh, my comparison, Woody, to that is like, and it might not be a good one for the way he turned out, but Macaulay Culkin made millions of dollars as as a you know a, a kid. Uh, like it's not just a rule that kids can't make money. I mean, musicians and artists and uh, actors and everyone else in entertainment makes you know millions of dollars, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but. But if you're an athlete, for some reason, you can't make money. It's just, and and are we going to see this change soon? Probably not. Uh, you probably need more Quinn Ewers and Gavin Wimsats to leave to have that happen. Um, but, you know, it took the NCAA, you know, d- dragging them to this, to this point decades for it to happen. I doubt Texas high school associations are going <laughs> to have the wherewithal to be being able to do this. But it is an unfortunate thing because... As we've seen, um, you're telling me that Tim Tebow couldn't have made money in high school, or Trevor Lawrence, or Mil- you know any any kid, any kid. So as long as the situation is set up where it's not recruiting inducement, just like it is and NIL coming into college, it should be that way for high school kids.
0: Yeah. So I just. Like I said, it just kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth quitting on the team as the quarterback yeah. three, three games. In, I don't know. I'm not – you know me. I'm not Mr., you know. The no, games. I talked to a
1: bunch of high school kids about this when when Ewers did it. A, a, a lot of the quarterbacks. Um, And I talked to them, as they say, on the condition of anonymity so they would be, you know, more <laughs> forthright about how they felt about it. And Wimsat was not one of them. I, I'll tell you that. But all the other ones that I talked to were like – I would. Absolutely never do that. My nil money will be there when it when I, when I get to college. I want a senior year experience. Uh, I want a senior year of football. I wouldn't quit on my team. I, I got all those kinds of answers. And I also talked to some high school coaches about it, and they were like, "If you know, if that guy wants to do it, just let him go because he's probably, um, you know, a real pain to deal with anyway." Um, I don't feel necessarily like that personally. Um, but I can understand the situation. I mean, you are working with this kid for years in, in a program to get to a, a point where you can win state championships or whatever. And then he just, you know, bolts at the last second. That's that's tough to deal with for Wimsat situation. If it is a if it is something where, you know, he was getting sort of harassed or really bothered about not going to Kentucky. I can't believe the people in Owensboro would be that, uh, <laughs> that big on Kentucky football, but I guess they were, and so um, he wanted to go to Rutgers. I will say, too, that quarterbacks have been looking at Rutgers a little bit more because of NIL stuff. New York City and even in, in Jersey, th- those kinds of things where people can make some money off of it, believe, believe it or not.
0: I know when I'm in New York City, I just see Rutgers stuff. Rutgers
1: football, baby. It's
0: like being—it's like when you're going in, you know, Oxford, Mississippi, and it's Ole Miss stuff. We are in Manhattan, and it's just you're just bombarded with
1: Rutgers. They can't get the Scarlet Knights (laughs) enough.
0: Oh, geez, that's a good one. All right, Gorney, thanks for joining me. Adam and I are doing all types of stuff together. Uh, Of course, you can follow him on Twitter. You can listen to his podcast, uh, Tuesdays with Gorney, where he has uh, guests on. Sometimes I'm on there with him to talk uh, recruiting storylines and stuff like that, just like today. So be sure to subscribe to that. Check us out on YouTube. We're everywhere. Uh, thanks for hanging out, Gorney. And we're going to go. I'm going to talk with Rob. And i it's got a great story about bingo in Cottage Grove, Oregon. So
1: you oh, I can't wait to hear that.
0: You want to stay locked into that one. All right. Thanks, Gorney. All
1: right. See you. All right,
0: joining me back on the show he started with as an original co-host, now he's been gone, Rob Cassidy. Rob, how are you doing? Uh,
2: Just a guest on my own podcast again. It's the (laughs) second time today.
0: All right. (laughs) So the people have been wondering, Woody and Rob, where have you been? Why'd you stop doing podcasts? Where'd you go? Where's Lackford? Where's Nick? What's going on? So let's give the people a quick update on what happened to us. Nothing. Rob and I have been working (laughs) the entire time. As some of you probably know, Rob shifted over from covering football to basketball. So that kind of muddied the waters in one aspect. The other thing that muddied the waters, I went from being a football analyst full-time to doing uh, more social media stuff, more corporate stuff. Uh, But, you know, I still host a lot of these other shows. I try to host my own show, but I kind of put it on the back burner. So that's where we've been. Rob and I do record podcasts with each other. I do want to
2: say how nice it is that I still get tweets from people asking, like, what happened to the show, you know, because it's nice to know people were listening. I, you know, I thought there were maybe 20 listeners. Seems like there may have been closer to 50
0: yeah so the the thing is Rob and I talk on the phone all the time and we have the same podcast discussions that just haven't been recording it so uh, I Hello. wanted to have Rob on we'll have him on every once in a while it's just hard because he has other duties we're traveling all the time I'm getting ready to hop on a flight tomorrow uh, so we're all over the place uh, so uh, don't think that anybody went away now Lackford is still around too we still to him all the time I wish we could tell the story about uh, when he's he, took his, oh, he, he accidentally took his sons to see Moonlight, which was <laughs> that's, that, that's all you need. That's all you need to know is, is Lackford <laughs> told Rob and I about the time he took his 11 year old son to see Moonlight on accident. And <laughs> it, it didn't end well. So it was, uh, I laughed for a solid 10 minutes straight, uh, at that story. So, um, yeah, that's where we've been, right, Rob? We're not going, we're, we're around. We're no, just, I'm around,
2: I'm still locked in the attic in Miami where my air conditioner is running in the background. I'm sure everybody can hear it. And there are sirens outside the door. I haven't changed.
0: It's just, we well, forgot the news. And one of the problems that we had, and this is kind of pulling back the curtain, is, you know, Rob and I couldn't come on here and talk the way we wanted to about, that, especially in the early stages of the pandemic. Oh. Um and we did a couple of shows where we kind of talked about what we were doing and we talked about traveling in the pandemic and stuff like that. And we'll talk about that on this show. Um, but it was like, one of the problems we have is that, you know, when Rob and I talk to each other, we kind of let it fly. And then we get on this podcast and we kind of do the same. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, not everybody that's still does it we can't just say whatever we want we have jobs uh, especially and me i'm a lunatic i'm the insane person was getting,
2: there was a run there where i was getting emails after every show about something well was, so you know it was better that we stopped we were headed down a bad path and we rectified that
0: right so so we're still here i'm still doing the show i mean if you like me talking about football you've got me making picks with mike you got me talking about games with Mike, you talking with Gorney. talking with Rob on his basketball podcast. So uh, if you seek us out, there's plenty of us to find. And we got a couple of topics to talk about today. Rob, I want to have you blind react because you oh. would probably have not seen this video. Now we're going to do some little production magic here. Let me see. Let me see if I can get it to work. Ready? It or... uh, no, it's Urban Meyer. I wish. It, I wish it was a fight. Uh, I have
2: seen it. I saw you tweet about it.
0: Yeah, my tweet got a lot of attention, okay?
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's why, wanted, that's why I wanted to pull it up. So we got it here. Can you see it on your screen? Yes. Okay, so we're going to play this clip of Urban Meyer talking at a camp at Ohio State. Ready? I'm going to give you a little secret. Here's the way we recruit
2: and the way that most of my colleagues recruit. We don't recruit really out of seven on seven.
0: So- okay, Stop. Stop lying.
2: Lies. Lies. I mean, come on.
0: We don't recruit out of seven on sevens. How many people would you every player from Florida that's a skill position player on Ohio State's roster under Urban Meyer? Uh was, well, how, about when he
2: was at, how about when he was at Florida too?
0: Like right. They all played seven on seven. Okay. So That's that's
2: offers from Ohio State after big days at seven on seven tournaments that either the staff saw film of or they were already high on that put them over the edge. I mean, I I highly doubt that it was a coincidence that these offers would just come in after seven on seven tournaments, you know. Right. Okay.
0: so let's let's continue. Let's let's continue playing. I I want to get recruited, coach. What camp should I go to? Stop that. Not one, not one time will ask the 7-on-7 coach, should I
2: take him? Never will do that. If you want to get recruited, you want to go play manager coach football. Go be the captain of your high school team and have that coach call up these coaches and say, take him. He's a man's man. When, I think, when it's the toughest, when it's the
1: hardest, that's when he plays his best. Got gotcha, you, coach? We'll take him. Boom. I'm going to give you a little secret. Here's the way
2: Is he suggesting
0: <laughs> he's only recruiting captains? So so let me ask you a question. When, it, What is it going to take for one of these coaches? The, I've seen this video before. This is not a new video. It just happens that a certain sect of people that look very similar to each other happen to be very excited when a coach says that he doesn't like seven-on-seven. Seven. It's, okay. yeah,
2: it's funny how that works.
0: <clears throat> so – when is a coach going to do some say something like this and a seven on seven coach? Is going to be like, you know what? I am yeah. right? Because I have been that I'm that I, I have a tweet that a lot of people are interacting with. That's probably what you saw. I have been at seven on sevens where I watched Urban Meyer FaceTime the coach of the team, he then takes it and they just pass the phone around. I mean, how many times have you seen that?
2: Listen, I remember being with you, and I, it probably wasn't Urban, but it might have been. Where a kid, kids like to come up to us while they have the coaches on Facetime, and be like, "Rob, look, it's Nick Saban." <laughs> so, yeah. Who?
0: Oh yeah, who was that?
2: I remember, it was uh, it was one of Cooney's kids. It was a Florida Fire kid because the little Cooney had the phone, <laughs> and so was it Jerry Judy.
0: No, Jerry Judy was too, Jerry Judy was too blase to care about. I remember it was some kid that was funny. Uh, I remember being like, I can't, the coach knew who we were, so it couldn't have been like Saban. It had to have been like second tier. Um, It was, it was a coach who was a good recruiter. I'm trying to remember who, but anyway, regardless this is what happens. The, and Rob can tell you this. Sometimes when you got to get a kid on the phone for an interview, you will call the seven-on-seven coach and say, X so-and-so will not pick up the phone. And he goes, hold on.
2: Exactly. Puts
0: you on three-way without saying anything. Calls the kid and immediately screams at him. While well,
2: you're sitting there.
0: Why, Yeah, why won't you talk to Rob? He's been calling you all night. Oh my bad, coach. Well, I got him on the
2: college football player, you're gonna wise up. I, I, I,
0: right. I, 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 it's like Maury, though, because it's like, oh, well, guess what? He's on the line right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're talking to him. So this same thing happens with these kids and coaches. Like the the and it's not every school, but this, especially Urban Meyer, of all the people to say, I don't ask a seven on seven coach if I should take a kid. Urban. Come on, man. Get he's out not
2: lying God. when he says he doesn't ask a seven-on-seven coach if he should take them, but he definitely asks them, can I take them? <laughs> you know, can right. you help me take them? Yeah. Right.
0: and That's the thing. Like The the best recruiters know who the point person is in the kid's life. Sometimes that is a seven-on-seven coach because you know what? The seven-on-seven coach is driving to the kid's house, picking him up and riding him with him in the car for three hours. Well, you know then, what I mean?
2: Seven-on-seven coaches had other players go through it. So yeah, maybe they know a little bit more about the process than mom and dad do. You know, I, you know, I would defer to a guy that knows about the recruiting process. If my son became a football recruit. <laughs> yeah. You know, how about you take this one, dude? Uh, Cause you know, what do I know about it? So that and what's what I always say about recruiting Florida always is when somebody hires a coach and they used to be like, Rob, is this guy going to do well in Florida? The biggest thing isn't how charismatic you are really that helps it's, Do you know who the people are to talk to in Florida because Florida isn't Texas? Walk into the high school coach and give him a firm handshake say, Hey, tell me about your fullback or whatever. (laughs) You get, I mean, you got got to know who to talk to down here, and it's rarely a high school coach. Speaking of, did you see Deerfield Beach (laughs) just quitting in the middle of games?
0: So, the other thing that people don't realize is a lot of these seven on seven coaches just become high school football coaches, like it's or they are assistant high school football coaches and they coach seven on seven in the off season. Like
2: sometimes they end up being college coaches. Like there are seven
0: on seven coaches
2: that we knew as seven on seven coaches that are on big time FBS staffs right now.
0: Okay. So I was at the, I went to Miami, Alabama and before the game, I'm down on the field and who do I see? But our boy Cooney. And then I see Baez. I'm sitting there and I'm talking, I'm talking to two. Now, if you didn't know who I was, You're like, what is Hob now been here with the Miami staff? But guess what? We've been – we were standing out in Bradenton wanting to die in 2013. You know what I mean? Like these guys have worked their way up just like anybody else. That's why this – and people are are arguing with my tweet. I was like, I've seen Urban Meyer, FaceTime kid. It's so
2: weird when these coaches want to draw a dividing line between, you know, we, the college football coaches of the world, are the purveyors of good. And the seven on seven coaches of the world are the evil people that should have no input in the process. When the line is so blurred, I, I can name five guys off the top of my head right now that were seven on seven coaches that are now on college staffs. So did they walk through a magic portal that made them one of the good guys? <laughs> or like what, what happened?
0: Right. So that's our reaction to that. You can see I'm trying to, I, I messed up when I shared the screen cause I forgot about the backdrop thing. Uh, but th- that won't matter because most people will be listening to this. That tweet, that tweet I tweeted about it has a lot. Yeah. Of I, I
2: kind of so spoiled it for myself because I saw your tweet.
0: Yeah. I wish I would have had a blind reaction. And the people who are smart are saying this is called, tell them what they want to hear. They actually believe that's the sad part. And then, True. and then this guy says, that's the kid, not the coach and calls me a clown. His, his name is football knowledge.
2: Yeah, he, you're the clown. That's oh,
0: yeah, yeah. The,
2: the people that use the clown emoji. That's the new thing where it's like they really don't have anything intelligent to insult you with, so they just go with the clown emoji. <laughs> I, I've muted so many of those people.
0: Well, so what I, I said these the
2: new egg egg avatars.
0: <laughs> what I said was, who do you think hands the kid the phone? And I, I I said I don't get this group of football dorks that are obsessed with pretending like seven on seven is a part of the recruiting process. It's just stop like those days, you know, somebody, I tweeted a video of Mac. Mac Jones was talking about how he was throwing into nets in his backyard with his girlfriend to learn to playbook or whatever. And then I tweeted a video of him throwing into the nets at our camp. But someone replied, did you see this video of Urban Meyer? Camps are useless. I'm like, first of all, Urban Meyer's talking at a camp. He's talking at a school camp in that video. Number one, Let's
2: dive into this a little bit. Why do you think it is that these people are so anti-camp? Besides, I mean, there has to be something. Because there's a faction of internet football fans that are like vehemently opposed to seven-on-seven in camps.
0: The thing is because they see like a viral clip of someone acting the way they don't want them to act. That's classless, Rob. Show some class.
2: They don't really believe that, though because, you know, worse things have happened on 11-on-11 11 11 high school football fields. You know, people swinging helmets at each other. And that's not, a, you know, we don't condemn high school football for that. It's, you know, I think you and I both know what it is. <laughs> like, or at least what part of it is. Right. Uh, and like you said, it is a group of people that look a lot alike.
0: And I heard from, and I heard from seven-on-seven seven coaches, I heard from ex-NFL players who were DMing me saying, Woody you're right you know like I mean this is not an issue of like Woody you're right or wrong okay if you tell me that David Shaw is not talking to a seven-on-seven coach I'll believe you I'll also believe you when Stanford sucks <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah. but for you to say for for someone to say like for someone to say that it, it's just it's disingenuous now there are certain coaches like do I think Nick Saban is talking to roe simon from past houston on the phone but every day no right but someone on the staff is and you best believe that if roe drives a kid from houston to tuscaloosa he's going to be a nick saban's office office and nick's shaking his hand and posing for a picture with him you know it, that's just it, how so it works
2: weird how people have decided that that's a thing to get mad about I, it, it could be part of the disdain for the entire rankings industry it's partly because people hate the media, and they see us as some crossover between the media, and I don't know. But it's the, the two things about football Twitter that have always fascinated me the most are the vitriol people have for camps and seven on seven, like it's a front to their family or something, and two. <laughs> The people that spend their days calling fake penalties on camp footage. Like <laughs> I, I I those are the two groups of people that really blow my mind the most. I I, I cannot fathom <laughs> spending my time throwing fake yellow flags on YouTube videos of dummy drills. Oh, told. Oh, told.
0: I <laughs> told.
2: What do you think you're telling me? I'm not the referee. Like I just posted the video, man. Like that's. just God a- throw. For the phone you know like that's I, a bad ball yeah.
0: that's a bad ball rob okay know, yeah,
2: not a great pass break i was underthrown <laughs> yeah. okay
0: anyway so that's our opinion on that you can uh, watch that video on twitter I'll, I'll maybe dave can cut it in and, and post production on the video but i'm i messed that one up uh ucf a popular topic on this show over the years going to the big 12 basically official our boy, uh, Brandon Helwig, broke the news on our UCF rifle site. Big shout to him. Uh, we used to cover UCF back long ago in a far-off place uh, together. And now, Rob, our two alma maters, or alma matas, as they say, where you're from, are in the same, are in the same conference. Does this mean uh, – UCF and Kansas State have played each other before, but does this mean yes, – I was in that Yearly matchups. Did UCF win? Who won that game? I can't remember.
2: they won the one in Manhattan, and the reason I remember it is because I was in the press box, and the sky turned purple because a hurricane or a tornado almost dropped down the stadium. And the UCF press, press corps, uh, they were ready to, to, you know, they were ready to dig a hole and hide in it. <laughs> it was there were some tense uh-huh. moments there where it least like an F5 tornado. I mean, it, the game got delayed for like three hours, and it, I mean, the, the, if you can find, if you just Google. K State, UCF, Sky. Just look at it right now. Just Google that, and that'll probably so call it was, it, turn. It looks like an F five tornado was going to drop out on the stadium, and the the UCF reporters in the press box did not know what was going on.
0: <laughs> it was seventeen to thirteen in twenty ten. What a matchup! So later,
2: been a monsoon.
0: Yeah. So uh, the the point is, UCF could step into the Big Twelve and be a top. I mean, if you, especially if you take out Texas and Oklahoma, being the top four to five teams, right? Yeah,
2: everybody looks really bad right now. Uh, right. You know, so yeah, no, I think so. I think that they're they're a good fit. You know, I think that all these teams are going to be a good fit.
0: My question is, what does this mean for UCF's recruiting in Florida? Does this allow them, especially if the teams are down? Of course, will they be able to beat out, you know, the big three, UCF? Twitter fan base hates saying the big three, but can now that they say, look, we're in a power five conference. We have a chance to play for the national championship. Will they be able to beat out teams for recruits, Florida, Florida state, Miami?
2: I think if they have some success. Yeah. I mean, I don't, maybe not right away. I don't know, but I think if they prove it and they're playing for big 12 titles I think that there's a chance down the line that they could stand toe-to-toe with them provided that you know is not competing to win the sec like alabama and miami is not taking the next step and florida state is still whatever they are and yeah i think there's a chance but i think if all things are equal at least with this generation those traditional big three are still going to have kind of a nostalgia advantage if that makes sense uh and also they play a more regional schedule right like if you go to miami your family it's going to have an easier time coming to see you play in the ACC than they are to go to Ames, Iowa, uh, and watch you play in a stadium with a press box the size of my attic in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's That's a long trip. I,
0: I do think that's a concern. If you look at, like, who, okay, so who's UCF's rival in this new conference? They're leaving behind USF, and they've been bragging about it all week, uh, which I don't blame them because when I was covering UCF, you know, USF was really high on the hog, didn't want to let UCF in the Big East, didn't want to play them, didn't want to schedule them. So that game's going to go by the wayside. Memphis and UCF had a nice little rivalry in recent years that appears to be uh, gone too, because they'll be, they won't be in the conference either. So the closest school is what? West, West Virginia. <laughs> You know who's in need of a rival, though, right now is
2: Oklahoma State. I mean, they UCF, they just slide right in there, just start making fun of them for being like Hicks or whatever it is that, that college students do, and let's get this started, man. UCF yeah. and the Pokes.
0: Yeah, so that's – you do make a good point, though. I think UCF is going to have to probably try to get out and recruit Texas a little more. They they had some success with Heifel because of his ties to the, to the Big 12, but, you know – yeah, that that uh, that one thing would make me nervous if I was UCF, and the only thing is they do they're going to play six home games. I mean, the family is going to get to see him play yeah. a lot. So, um, but guess what? Congratulations, UCF. Uh, maybe Gus Melzon, who is is a nice guy, and I've had cordial relationship in the past. Maybe he will do the podcast. Scott Frost. No, Woody, I'm not doing a podcast with you. Josh Heupel. No, Woody, I'm not doing a podcast with you.
2: It's weird. I mean, I had Bob Stoops on this podcast. These guys do not do it. Like, no,
0: well, you know, it's this it's may crazy. this may shock you, Rob, and our listeners. But when I went to UCF, I may have been a little bit of a trouble troublemaker. You know, oh, yeah, it's, it's I may I may have said or written things that uh, people didn't like, and you know. The coaches change, but the athletic department employees tend to stay the same. Yeah. Uh, yep. So keep that in mind. All right. Real quick before we wrap up. Life on the road. Rob, you and I have been traveling everywhere. We've had a bunch of insane uh, tra- travel stories. Do you want to share any Any of that? <laughs> this, the one
2: that I didn't even tell you because I saved it. Maybe I did tell you, but I was saving it. So I was in Dallas. It was one of my first trips uh, post-COVID-19. And I was staying at a pretty nice hotel. Uh, I don't want to name it, but it's in the uptown area. And the last day I was there, I was going to the airport. I was waiting for my car. And this older lady and the valet, the valet has lost her keys. And the valet is having a bad day, man. He is having a bad day. He's sweating. The lady's screaming at him. He's mad. He's screaming back at the lady. So we've got a shouting match happening here. And I'm just waiting to get my car So his boss comes out and sees these two in kind of a screaming match and tries to break it up, but I'm standing there. So he has to leave the screaming match to take my keys and go get my car because his employee and a guest, like an elderly lady guest, are screaming at each other. So he goes to get my car. While this is happening, a taxi pulls up and blocks the valet lane. Uh, So our valet, who's having an awful day, turns his attention to the taxi driver. And they start yelling at each other, get the hell out of the way, yada, yada. They're screaming. This old lady is standing here. Just all she wants is her keys that he's lost. Uh, And in the middle of this, he's promising he's going to get her an Uber to wherever her and her husband are going to go, whatever. Anyway, this escalates. And the valet walks over there and clocks the dude right in the face, a fistfight between the taxi cab guy and the valet guy. And they are brawling on the hood of this car. The guy's boss comes running out from my car, throws me my keys, and is going over to break it up. I just get in the car and floor it. I don't know <laughs> what happened. I don't know if that, that poor lady ever found her car keys. I don't, I mean, obviously the valet got fired, but here's the best part. I had texted down before I went there to get my keys, and there was never a response. So I went down there because he was fighting with this old lady. And that's why. I'm, so while I'm on my way to the airport, I, as I've gunned it out of the brawl that's happening in the valet thing, I get a text that says your request is taking longer than expected. The valet. <laughs> was... And I'm like, yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's wrong. So the... I don't know what happened. I should have stuck around to kind of see. But it was it was striking.
0: Um. Well, uh, the whole you didn't, you didn't that part out, can you? No, it's fine. The whole the whole problem with the hotel valet is that like the hotels we stay in are really not nice enough to, to have valets. Even the upper tier, it's like just, it's that
1: kind of
2: thing, and they, they don't let you self park anymore. So that's no. that's So you have to valet, and that's a whole other thing on the expense report that sometimes gets all. It's just another well, thing to get convoluted and sent back to you.
0: You'll book a room for a hundred and ten dollars. That'll be the price. And the parking spot. It'll say it'll say 110 110. Well then you got the you know the tax whatever service fee, tax fee, county fee, whatever fee. Then next thing you're up to 140. Then they're like, "Oh, valet is mandatory. It's $38 a night." Okay. <laughs> so you're you're at 178, right? <laughs> then uh there's a valet tax, gets you over 180. Then you got to tip the dude and you never have any cash. And you're like, you feel like such a jerk, but it's, it's, it's a
2: nightmare. And then when you have to break the way that you have to do the expense, I'm sure people are very interested in this. <laughs> you can't pull the parking out because you pull the parking out and they send it back to you. And you got some dude in a, a part of Yahoo. I've never met yelling at me about leaving the parking on the receipt or I didn't itemize it. Right. And it's like, Please just, I'll park my car on the street and somebody can break into <laughs> it That's fine. Just don't
0: make me die. <laughs> So in the early, early, 20, in 2020, this is, this is a funny story. Rob and I went to uh, Bradenton, Sarasota. And because of COVID, this was like September. I mean, we're unvaccinated. We're traveling. <laughs> we're wearing masks. We're in Florida where there's basically no rules as is anyway and uh they say oh there's no valet <laughs> there's no valet because of covid but there's also there's no parking right so there's <laughs> so there's no parking lot but there's also no valet <laughs> rob literally parked his car like right in front of the doors at this <laughs> on
2: the sidewalk
0: <laughs> on the sidewalk, not even like even, not even nicely. It's like halfway on the curb. And he left, and whenever Rob and I travel, uh, he drove in from Miami, but I end up driving the whole time usually. So Rob left his car sitting there for three days, blocking the entrance of the hotel.
2: It's close to the door of the hotel. I opened my car door. It took two steps, and so I was in the hotel, and nobody, nobody told me otherwise.
0: Yeah, but nobody nobody moved it. So that's uh that's life on the road. I got a little bit of a funny story. We'll bump it into rants and recommendations. I told this story to you once, but we can tell it again to the audience. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, my mom's been a recurring character on this podcast, uh, much to the chagrin. There's been episodes that were on the cutting room floor because of me making fun of my mom, and I didn't get past the censors. So, not to be a doubter, my mom's really sick right now you know, we're, uh, we're nearing the end of the line, right? So my mom is sick in Oregon. By the way, de- dominating the prognosticators in terms of the life expectancy in typical Womack fashion. So I've been going out there, I'm going out there, went out there in March, went out there in May. This last time I was out there in July. Okay, so my mom had gone through chemo. We're talking no hair, et cetera. She's in a wheelchair. The one thing she does every week is go to play bingo, okay? Every week she plays bingo at the VFW Hall, which I tell you, Rob, I might have sent you some videos from there. I can't articulate like, if this was in a movie script, you'd be like, "Man, why do they make the people look like this? This is unrealistic. <laughs> why does everyone have an American flag hat on? This, Wire- is, you
2: know, this is just caricature you- of the American North." The- right. North- right. This North- is you know this
0: is classic liberal Hollywood. You know, yeah. no. It's- Anybody
2: that's not from New York looks like this. <laughs>
0: right. It is so dead on. You're talking about the town I grew up in. These are my people, right? Somewhat. So anyway. We go to play bingo. Now I'm a pro bingo player. I'm going to win every time, no matter what I did win a hand. So my mom, you got to pay a dollar, you got to pay a dollar per 50 cents per card or a dollar per card. I can't remember. You know, my mom's playing six to eight cards at a time, which is too many for me to play. I was playing like two. Okay. Maybe three max. She's playing six at a time. My mom already had bad vision, you know, pre cancer. So she can't see and she's, you playing, six <laughs> cards, <laughs> playing six cards at a time. So we get to the bingo round for the X, right? The X got to have two diagonal lines right through the middle, right? Well, we look at my mom's card and she's missing only missing I-23, right? Well, I look at my card, and my sister's card. And my sister goes, mom, they already called the I-23, right? She goes, They did. She stamps it and says bingo, right? Yeah. Now the last number called was like I twenty eight. She says bingo. The way that w- the way it works at this bingo hall, because you know we've we got to be above board here, the guy takes the card, shows it to someone else, and reads the calls the numbers off to the guy in the front. So, so you know. You're in the back. He's like I eleven, and the guy up at the ball machine goes I eleven, and back and forth, right through like ten numbers. so unnecessary. You could just walk up and look at it, but that's part of the showmanship of bingo. So my mom has a bingo. That's a good bingo. The guy, the guy who held the card says it's a good bingo, and the guy up at the front says it's a good bingo. Well, guess what, old Karen. Dwight Schrute says, whoa, 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 whoa. The last number called was I-28. She didn't have I-28 as part of the bingo. What do you win
2: in this situation? Like, what is the pop?
0: Like, $48, $48 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, something. <laughs> even. I think I won 43 on my hand. So, it just depends on how how many cards people are playing. Guy said, whoa, 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 whoa. I was like, they read off all the numbers. It's a good bingo. She has every number that is in her bingo has been called. That's a successful bingo. No, no, no. The official bingo rules state (laughs) that in order for it to be a valid bingo, your bingo must contain the last number called. So if you don't call bingo from the time the number's called and the next number gets called, you're out. That's it. So this lady, this lady (laughs) said that because my mom didn't call bingo fast enough, uh, that she lost right now. No one else had gotten a bingo. So I could, I could understand if it was like, Rob, you called bingo on I-28. And I said, wait, I got a bingo on I-23. Well, then we got a dispute. No one else had a bingo. It goes round, it goes round and round. Now keep in mind, my mom is sitting there, bald, dying with of terminal cancer, sitting in a wheelchair at the VFW hall in Cottage Grove, Oregon. And they say, no bingo. And then everyone chimes up. They start to agree with, with Dwight, Karen, whatever. And she, I called bingo at Seven Feathers Casino. <laughs> That's the
2: best part. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. Listen, I am picturing a scene on a Napoleon dynamite right now. <laughs> That's what pretty,
0: pretty much. Yeah, she she called, she's like, I was the first person to call bingo a Eugene Springfield. And when I play at Seven Feathers, these are the rules. I was like, We're not at Seven Feathers. Right we are, in a, we are in a <laughs> I lost, I lost my mind. All right, let me tell you something. The amount of f bombs that I dropped, <laughs> and the vf that I put the f in the vfw hall. We'll put it that way. <laughs> okay, I was me? like, "You have got to be kidding me!" Like, take did away you with that. Look, look, did you. you get kicked out of the bingo hall? No, only because my mom started started to get really embarrassed. Which you know, <laughs> talk about how the tables have turned. You're, okay. <laughs> She started to get really embarrassed. But I mean, I'm like, you know, this woman is dying. The one time she leaves the house all week is to go play bingo. Okay. Give her the 40. She's, and then, so they keep calling the numbers. And I was like, I would say, and I said, you know, my mom's friend is there, my sister's there, my friend's there, and it's me. And I'm just, and everyone's so uncomfortable because I'm just so mad. And I'm like, I'd say bingo every time. Every number I'd say bingo and hold and my... And make key. them read it. <laughs> right, and make them... And that's, I kept doing that. So I was like, well, what if she gets another number and it's elsewhere on the card? No, it's invalidated because it has to be part of the X. And, and now she's
2: the X, you're, you're done. You might as well just fold. You gotta, right, so... You give that $42 to Karen.
0: I was just sitting there being like, I can't believe you people. You, So someone else gets a bingo... They call it "it's a good bingo," and I think I might have went outside taking a break or something.
2: <laughs> taking a break to saying the F word. But,
0: yeah. but this woman who invalidated the bingo has the the audacity, the pomposity, as Dave Blackford would say, to come over. And said, "You know, if I would have won, I would have split it with you." <laughs> I was like, yeah, "I go, I go, get, get the." Get away from this table right now! I I I, I was
2: that's him.
0: I was like knocking stuff on the floor.
2: The fact that she assumed that you were mad over the money, <laughs> I right? Twenty dollars. It it's not she because of my dying way. mom.
0: Right, just let the woman have the bingo. But not to mention, let's move on. We're we're here for three hours. You know what I mean? Like, what? But that sums it up. That sums up that experience of being there in in Oregon. And I just, I, I really, and I told God, the
2: bingo at Seven Feathers Casino is a a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Underneath one of these,
0: (laughs) she was really tout. I said, "Look, you want to tout bingo credentials?" I called the bingo games at Cottage Grove High School. There you go. There are a thousand people in the blue barn. I've called bingo for more people than any person <laughs> in this entire place.
2: So let's I didn't not please. I, didn't, I didn't want to have to come to this, but if you want right. to compare bingo credentials, please <laughs> let's compare bingo. Because
0: <laughs> I would love it. I've called bingo several places. So anyway so that's the situation i'll never i hold on i was like i will never come to this vfw hall ever again
2: god forbid
0: and they're lucky that my mom that my mom's friend and my sister and my friend were there because if not my mom wouldn't have a choice she's in a wheelchair i would have been knocking tables i would have been wheeling her into people
2: and she she can't hold you back
0: no it would have been no stopping me. So listen, it. uh, it's good
2: to be back, man. This is good. I forgot how much fun this was.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, people enjoy that story. I know it's a little bit of a downer, but uh, you know, let's just make bingo fun again. How about that? <laughs> let's see. Oh, real quick, real quick, before I go. Uh, where, when was the last time? When was the last time you went to Europe, Rob? I know it's been a little while.
2: Oh, it's been a while. It's been almost a decade.
0: Okay, so um you know you give a you, everyone was on the, the coin system, right? So you give you go somewhere, you buy a soda, you give them a five euro bill. You're getting back a two dollar coin yep. and a one dollar coin. And you just feel like you gave, you just spent five dollars on the soda because well, I
2: just when I when I went there, they had all just switched over to the euro. It like and that had just, it had taken hold everywhere. This is like in the last two or three years, the last time I was thinking.
0: It's insanity. It's insanity to hand someone a five and get back only change when you're buying something for one dollar, one euro and get back only change. you want to talk about something like an American snob. But then I got to thinking, what happens at strip clubs in Europe? Are, 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 you, are fives the lowest form of currency? Because you're talking about a one euro coin, a two euro coin. That's a one euro is a dollar and 20 cents. So two euros is $2 and 40 cents. A five, you're talking about six, that's $6 every paper bill you get.
2: Strip comms are creative places. These are people that came up these are the same people that came up with mashed potato wrestling on thanksgiving they'll find a way to, to utilize those coins in the system that is established already now i doubt you're pelting the women with the coin maybe <laughs> there's crazy. like a funnel or like a tube that you rolled in. i don't know there's gonna be something
0: okay so the i want to know i know we've got listeners who've gone to amsterdam for bachelor parties or whatever what happens? I've got, I have to know this now. It's. I should have asked like some of the Greek cousins when I was there. Cause I know someone would have had an answer for me, make but me my, a, you know, I speak, club. <laughs> I speak Greek, but I'm a little limited to being like, ask, I don't know what strip club is in Greek. You know what I mean? I <laughs>
2: That's not on the set stone, you know?
0: <laughs> right. So, so anyway, if you know the answer to that question, uh, please tell us, recommendations I don't really have any what do you want you watch anything on TV Rob
2: I had started the second season of the uh the RZA the Wu-Tang Clan show like 10 minutes before you texted because I forgot that we had to record this uh the first 10 minutes of the second season are fine (laughs) I don't have a (laughs) I don't have a great review I like the first season it's on Hulu
0: Did did you watch Hacks on uh HBO Max no I did not oh great show we've got uh Gene Smart playing like a Joan Rivers type character And you've got uh, this woman or this actress whose mom was on Saturday Night Live. Anyway, she plays a comedy writer who got, like, canceled for tweeting something, like, racist or whatever. And she can't get a job anywhere. So she has to go work for this Joan Rivers type. And she thinks she's too cool for school. And then, you know. One season? Yeah, one season. I think there's going to be a second season. It's like 10 episodes. I might run
2: through it. I'm going to get through this. I mean, I'm going to get through. There's only three episodes out of this Wu-Tang Clan show in the second season, so. Once I get through with that, maybe I'll, I'll run through it. What's it called?
0: Hacks, H-A-C-K-S. Okay. It's a good show, though. I would say I, I highly recommended it. Um, did you notice – now, I haven't watched it yet. But did you notice that football, you know, everyone who loves Ted Lasso has turned on the show? Have you have you seen that?
2: I haven't seen the new season. Has everybody turned on it? Because, you know, the last I heard, <laughs> everybody was still tweeting about it. It was the greatest thing they've ever seen. And I like the show, but geez, man. You, so it, it's like a meme. It's like a caricature of itself. Like if you don't say that you love Ted Lasso, people are gonna wonder if you hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like when stay a, silent
2: now, baby. Like, right,
0: exactly.
2: It's time, to, it time to speak up.
0: When a big political issue happens and they're like <laughs> exactly. silence is compliance. That's yeah, exactly. what it, that's what it's like with Ted Lasso. So here's my theory on Ted Lasso show I enjoyed. I think that we were all so depressed and sad when it came out originally. Now, I watched it in the original run. I'm a Ted Lasso hipster. I was watching it week to week in season one, okay? I didn't binge it or whatever. It came along at a time where we were all so sad and depressed, and it was such a feel-good show that it made all of us feel good, and that's why we all loved it. That's why everyone was like, oh, my God, this show's amazing. Well, guess what? We're, We're A year and a half later, a year plus later, we're still depressed. We're like,
2: Maybe even worse.
0: Right. Uh and the show like is sort of like romantic comedy in season two, as opposed to being like, you know, in season one, it was the uplifting underdog story. But yeah, I've seen, you know, I've been get I've been seeing, you know, the classic, this show's lost its way. What <laughs> happened?
2: Who who is the most notable? First one that's that it's lost its way.
0: Boy, that's a good question. I'm, I has wonder if people turned
2: it? on it yet. I love Andy; he was high on it. Let I me see. Is he turned?
0: There were so many people that were so, that were so big on it that, like, and Nicole Harbach loved it, and I but, loved it too.
2: But are like are the super fans in the media? Are they the ones that have turned, or are these like uh, different people?
0: So I think it's a lot of the people who watched it. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to find. I'm just, Andy's got a few tweets about, uh, Andy's got a few tweets about it, but nothing critical, but nothing positive either. That's the thing. Like,
2: see, I like haven't dove into the second season yet because I have been saying, and I don't want to ruin it because I did like it so much. I don't want to watch this thing, if it's going to make me hate it. So, I have kind of,
0: you're quick to turn on season two, too. Uh, like, okay,
2: oh I'll check out of a show. I checked into the entourage in like season four. I will quit a show like that. It takes me nothing. There's so many shows I've started and not finished.
0: The worst one was The the Good Place was the worst one, where you watched 10 minutes of one episode of season two and said you hated it after you decided it was the best show. I love
2: season one of that show. But it just got – what scares me off of shows is when it gets, like, too formatic. Like, Right. I did, like, oh, no, Vince is going to get – he's gonna lose his career oh we saved (laughs) and that's kind of what happens to a lot of these shows and that's when it's just like okay i'm out
0: what killed entourage was the uh stupid cameos in every episode they just got out of control was it kai
2: kanye in it i remember
0: seeing everyone was every human imaginable was in it it's like okay when dan patrick's making a cameo it's like (laughs) all right that's You lost me on okay. If you want to have some supermodels or whatever, date Vince, that's good. But I don't need, you know, McLovin from the Dan Patrick show. (laughs) Making an appearance. Uh, I saw him at Elite 11, by the way. Someone was like, oh, is that McLovin from the Dan Patrick show? I'm like, first of all, you can't steal. McLovin is an iconic movie character. So like, you know, If someone says, is that McLovin? I want it to be Christopher Mintz plus. I don't want it to be.
2: Does the dude look like him? Or like, what's the, what's the, what's the deal
0: there? I I think he just has glasses. I mean, I don't. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Does that make sense? Of course. There was a who's who of celebs at Elite 11. You should have seen the hob, the hobnobbing. Meanwhile, I get scolded because, you know, Derek Stingley comes up and says hi to me. And they're like, can you please leave the players alone? I'm like, well. I'm standing. Yeah. I've known Derek Stingley since he was 13 years old. Okay. Like he said hello. That's it. Can we move on with our lives? Anyway, yeah. don't, know, get start, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Well, as you know, and I don't, we, we got to wrap this up. I went to the Louisville Ole Miss game. I got hassled by security. I just turned left.
2: <laughs> I, I got escorted out of a high school football stadium by real police once in Alabama. Uh, because I flew all the way there and they told me my, after calling the school, they told me my Florida press credential wasn't enough and that I didn't have an Alabama one. I said, well, I flew here from Florida. Where was I going to get an Alabama press credential? And then I started screaming and then they called the cops on the walkie talkie and the cops walked me into my car and it was really embarrassing. So So maybe the most moment of my career is getting escorted into a high school parking lot. by police, uniformed police officers.
0: (laughs) I remember how mad you were. Were you there to see Jack West or Bo Nix? I feel like it was young Bo Nix.
2: It was young Bo Nix. And it wasn't at Bo's school. It was an away game. And I called the athletic director and he knew I was coming. But instead of getting the athletic director on the phone, they got the cops because I said the F word one too many times in Alabama. I guess (laughs) he can't really do that. So, So I flew all the way there. For no reason i basically flew down there to have barbecue and a beer and then i turned back and flew back to miami the next day
0: well people don't people don't realize either that like i don't and know this is one of the things
2: like guys do you think like i'm not trying to sneak into high school football games on friday nights i am. if i did not have to be here ladies and gentlemen i would not be trying to come watch this game i promise i promise
0: one of the things that people don't realize is that if you talk so I'm not from the Northeast, okay? Rob's from New York. I'm from Oregon, but because I have a New York Italian mother, I tend to have like an edgy yeah, attitude.
2: You're like a Yankee. You're like a uh, honorary Yankee.
0: Right. People think I'm a Yan- They just don't like the way that Rob and I talk, especially because, you know, like at the game the other night, I was like, please, you know, <laughs> I was just here on Saturday. I went in this exact same area. I can show you. No, you didn't. <clears throat> No, I did. I, 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 I'm wearing, look at me. I'm wearing, a, I was wearing a tie, a blazer. I have a backpack. W- what do you think I'm here for? Like you think <laughs> I snuck past, not to mention, I'm through nine other checkpoints to get to you. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, I'll, t- I'll take it up with the, uh, Chick-fil-A label. <laughs> people make sure it doesn't happen again, but it was, a. Uh, it was frustrating so anyway all right so that wraps it up you got to hear uh adam gorney and i hopefully at the beginning of this podcast talk real recruiting got to hear me and rob rant you got to hear some old stories so give the people what they want they wanted to it share whenever we the
2: band <laughs> back together i feel good about it man it's, that was a pleasure
0: whenever we have some outlandish topics a la urban meyer we'll have rob uh come on hopefully and make a little guest spot and uh you can listen to me and rob people don't know this rob and i do record some basketball podcasts uh rob has his own podcast florida man and friends i'm on there as well so we talk basketball recruiting but we don't go too in depth we try to keep it uh lights to give the give uh, the average fan a listen there so listening to rob has basketball coaches on he has other people on so check that out as well as we try to keep our our podcasts uh flowing so All right, Rob, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for uh, banging out two podcasts with me, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Awesome.